0: Welcome to the North Georgia Blue Podcast. I'm Meryl Clark, and we're getting into some good trouble as we discuss all matters politics across the 9th District and Georgia. Today, I would like to welcome Doug DeMora. He is the chair of the Fannin County Democrats since January of 2019. He was born in Massachusetts and resided there for 35 years. Back in 2001, he married the true love of his life, Susan DeMora. He has worked in the construction industry since 1989, and he has been a lifelong Democrat, much like myself. How are you today, Doug?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks.
0: Okay, great. I wanted to ask you, uh, what was it like in Massachusetts back then, back in the 80s and 90s? uh, Were the Elizabeth Warrens of the world the most popular folks there, or was it far more uh, conservative than we know?
1: You know, Massachusetts has been a Democratic stronghold since the 20s. But I have to mention, when I was 12, when the state was the only state to vote for George McGovern in 1972, which was pretty <laughs> embarrassing. My first eligible presidential election, though, was in 1980. I turned 18 in 78, and I was allowed to vote <laughs> presidentially in 80. I voted for Jimmy Carter, and Reagan, of course, defeated him nationally. And uh, I would have thought Carter would have won Massachusetts, but he didn't. Reagan won by less than 4,000 votes. That's surprising. Yeah, there was this uh, third-party guy named John Anderson. He was on the ballot as an independent, but he was actually on the Republican ticket primary against Reagan and lost, and, and he went nationally as a third party. And he took 15% okay. of the vote in Massachusetts. So that really uh, was the difference in Carter not winning Massachusetts.
0: Uh, I assume your parents were Democrats as well.
1: My parents were Democrats. They they weren't they weren't uh, out loud Democrats about who they supported or what they did, but I could tell by their way they reacted to politics that they were Democrats. Okay. You know my my siblings are a mixture of Independence Democrats, and Republicans, and that and. That's sort of how Massachusetts has evolved over over the years. Where you know, lately in the last decade or two, we've had a lot of Republican governors running Massachusetts. Although we're a very Democratic national stronghold when it comes to senators and, con- and congressional leaders. So, you know, I do, I endured eight grueling years of Reagan and four years of Bush while I lived up there, and then finally finally Clinton won in '92, and I felt like I was able to. You know get over this whole uh republican stronghold in the nation
0: that that did change our climate uh quite a bit and i'm i'm reading from susan who is our tech guru here on the show That chauvin was just found guilty on all counts Derek chauvin with the george floyd trial thank you for sharing that susan what what are your thoughts on the Chauvin trial, by the way.
1: You know, it's gripped the nation. It's made uh, some division in the country as as usual because of the police crimes on blacks. Uh, You know, I think justice was served in this case, but we've got a long way to go between educating police on how to uh, react when pulling people over. I've told people in the past, you know, when I get pulled over from the police, they uh, basically tell me to stay in the car if mm-hmm. I try to get out. But in and, and the opposite, when a black person gets pulled over, they, they've usually a gunpoint they're told to get out of the car. You know, that's has to change.
0: Exactly. Right, right. It, 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 it must. It's, it's, an, it's a system that was devised uh, back in the, I believe, 1700s when we first came to these shores and, you know, Europeans first came to these shores. And it, it does need to be rebuilt as a, as a more just system, no doubt. So when did you move south and why? And how did you find the political climate different in the southern states?
1: I moved south in January of 96 uh, for work. I'd met a gentleman at a conference in Washington, D.C., and he convinced me that to come move to Charlotte, it's a place to be, and you can go far in this industry. And moving to, it was quite shocking. Uh, first of all, I had to wrap my head around what grits were, because uh, I'd never even heard of up north. i never even heard of seen a Waffle House before in my entire life not. until then. So it was there were some personal adjustments to be made, for sure. But, you know, politically, I wasn't active other than my you know usual constitutional right to vote. I felt the country was in a good place with Clinton. The economy was booming. Everyone was doing good. The shocking part was I was exposed to the right-wing Christian conservatives. And then I found out I'm this small fish in a big pond of Republicans. Uh, and they were laser-focused right. on conservative values, God, guns, anti-abortion, And it was an entirely different experience for me, but I kept focused and still voted Democrat consistently over that time.
0: And what was it about Southern politics that encouraged you to get more involved? And when did you get actively involved with the Democratic Party?
1: Two words come up, Donald Trump. (laughs) You know, Susan and I voted regularly in our elections and, you know, supported Obama and everything. We moved up to Blue Ridge in late 2010. And even though the politics in the area appeared to be more conservative, we had no idea how different it was compared to Gwinnett County, where we moved from. Mm-hmm. And so when Trump got elected, we, we we sort of got angry and felt like we needed to do something to get involved. And we had no idea what to do. And Susan found out there was a Fannin County Democrat party here in the area. And they met once a month at the Days Inn in Blue Ridge. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we, w- we went to that January 2017 meeting before Trump was even inaugurated and we found about 20 to 25 Democrats welcomed us in. And again, we still had not come to terms with us living in this third most conservative district in the country.
0: Yeah, sure. So what made you you know, becoming involved in getting to know other like-minded folks, which is always a great thing, what made you decide to step up into the role of chair of the Democratic Party up here?
1: Well, during the first two years, we found the group was growing and we realized Republicans up here had pretty much been running unopposed for years. Right. We stepped up and approached Hart Baker, and who was the chair at the time, and said, we need to put some Democrats on the ticket. We need to form committees and find local Democrats to run. And, and Susan made a admission of hers to, and she found out the, you know, in the course of the 2018 election, there were 116 seats available in the ninth district. Come to come to find out at the end of the day, we only had 16 people running for those seats including Susan. She put her name in as a candidate for her school committee. Mm. And we actually had a candidate run for every single open seat in, in 2018, which was the first in history.
0: That is phenomenal.
1: Yes, it, it, it was phenomenal. Yeah, people step up. And then when Hart decided not to run for election in 2019, I felt like if I didn't step up, and the, everything we worked for over the last two years mm-hmm. would step backwards. So I, I decided to you know throw my name in the hat for the, for the chair position.
0: Even though you haven't always been an activist, correct? That's correct. This is a relatively new phenom, and I I do believe that Donald Trump did encourage many of us to get more involved than we have been and to assert... um, our viewpoints and uh perhaps a a more just uh system moving forward so as the chair how do you feel the party has progressed under your leadership
1: well first off this is a group effort here in fan and i'm the chair but by no means in my opinion do i consider myself the leader we have so many talented people here and the, the energy levels there our party has grown tremendously both in participation and fundraising in the last two years, so I feel like my role is more of a conductor or motivator. You know, our main goal was to get people to realize that, although we don't win seats in this county for quite, we won't win any seats for quite some time, we will, however, by turning our vote, help state and federal elections. And that and that was the key because i feel like our biggest accomplishment was reached in the 2020 senate runoffs oh no doubt because you know historically democrats do really poor at runoffs because they don't get back out and vote again and our goal our goal was to make sure that didn't happen and we did a massive mailing and phone campaigning in the month of december when we had that nine weeks before the runoff and out of the 20 counties of the ninth district and had the highest return rate of, of Democrat voters at 99.8%. Fantastic. And Republicans only averaged 93%. So we in the 9th District actually gained 35,000 votes uh, over Republicans from the November uh, general election to the runoffs. It was it was a phenomenal turnaround. And I couldn't have been more proud of the, of the fan of Democrats than I was on the 5th of January.
0: Excellent, excellent. I I completely agree. Now that Trump's gone, thank goodness, <laughs> and we have uh, Joe Biden, who is the centrist, Democratic centrist in office. What do you What do you perceive are our next steps? Uh, by no means is is this turnout guaranteed, and of course, uh, Georgia Republicans are doing their best. May I say to get rid of. Extra voters and people who voted um, in the runoff election, and to make it as difficult as possible for minorities and other people of color to vote. So, what do you see as the next steps?
1: Our next step is the battle over voters' rights. Sure. You know, Republicans across the country, we were unhappy with the election results, including uh, Trump. They began immediately crafting new voting laws aimed squarely at ways to suppress our votes. Mm-hmm suppress voting uh, rights throughout the country and throughout Georgia. Right.
0: And there are, I believe, several hundred bills uh, across state legislatures in the country, Republican state legislatures and Republican leaders who are trying to pass similar bills to Georgia SB 202, which is all about suppressing votes. And And tell us, tell us more about Georgia SB 2 and 2 and how that works and how we're looking to fight uh that bill
1: you know the Republican led Georgia legislators after the election immediately looked at the fact that Democrats turned out record numbers and flipped the state blue right and and, and that made their heads explode so they immediately started crafting these horrible bills to combat any way they could feel that would cost them the election to try to fix it from trying to add no excuse absentee voting cutting back early voting time frames eliminating drop boxes, they pulled out all the stops and then they finally mixed a bunch of bills together and came up with 202. And, and the sad part is Kemp had to go on this media tour, not only in Georgia, but nationally to defend the bill and claim how it expands voter opportunities. And I've always felt like how is cutting back the period for voter registration in half, expanding the opportunity? How is cutting runoff voting by more than half, expanding voting opportunity? Housekeeping drop boxes inside a precinct that closes at five o'clock expanding voter opportunities. It's crazy. It is crazy.
0: And not being able to give water or food to voters who have to stand in line for hours and hours on end. I mean, that to me is completely insane. What do you see as the biggest hurdle in this bill that we have to overcome? Because as you stated, it's so convoluted and there are so many different components to it. What, what do you see as the biggest hurdle and what are we doing to help overcome that hurdle?
1: And you know, you just mentioned it because I, you know, it's given the biggest part of that bill is giving the legislation authority over county election boards and allowing them to remove members as they see fit. The whole heating right. out water and food and to me, it's a shiny distraction for all of us to focus on, so people don't see the dangerous part of the bill, and that's the dangerous part of the bill. It's exactly what Trump was asking for as he was losing the state, and so sure. you know, so we started uh, in Fannin here. We started task forces. And our main task force is our Voter Protection Task Force, which is led by Mike Cobb. And he and his team members have done such a good job mm-hmm. at putting together a platform that the whole ninth District is using it as a means to get the other counties to adapt our strategies. And to me, it's an att- a testament to the quality of the people that we have in Fannin that have stepped up and, and led the way.
0: Right, right. And both Fannin County, Blue Ridge uh, area, and North Georgia is growing uh, exponentially. So we probably expect to see some more folks hopefully stepping up and and getting involved. Tell me more about Mike Cobb and his task force. What are he and his task force doing specifically uh, to fight this bill?
1: They have dissected the bill and took the most important aspects of it and put it into presentation format to roll out to not only us here in Fannin but all the other counties in the nine to form a strategy to you know combat what these these bills do. Let the people know what the change was, what it used to be under the old uh, law, and how it will affect them. So when they you know we're not going to get them to rescind the bill. The only way that's going to happen is in a court of law. But what we can do is educate the voter through this task force. That these are the things that have changed. This is how it's going to affect you. And this is the strategy we need to do in order to combat it and keep the vote turnout going. So when people find out that they only have 78 days to register instead of 180, we need to let them know that. So they, so they don't get left off the books when they need to know that absentee mail-in ballot drop boxes are no longer going to be conveniently located somewhere to drop off a, you know, a ballot to. uh, uh, And that, that, that most likely we're going to encourage a lot more people to early vote in person. And even then they've cut back some of the hours and, and, and days on that. So it's, it's going to be a challenge, but I think Mike and his team are putting together a good plan once we, once we fine tune it and they, they meet almost weekly, this task force, they'll be able to roll out some, some game plan for us to educate the voters in the ninth district of the importance of looking at this bill and seeing what they need to do to make sure they're included in the, in the 2022 election.
0: Right. That's great. So education is the main component here. That's correct. Letting people know. That's that's what I'm hearing. Okay, great. And I believe he has a presentation up on the Fannin County Democrats website, correct? That's correct. Can you give me that link to the website?
1: Yes. The uh, website is www.fannin.com fcdpga.com
0: excellent excellent and how are you how are you working uh, throughout the 9th district to get this message across I'm, I'm sure that you, we're, we're going to have uh, June Chris who is the chair of the 9th District Democratic Party uh, over a sprawling 20 counties which is unbelievable uh, but we are going to have her on our inaugural broadcast um, how are you working with June to get this message across and make sure that all 20 counties are aware of what we're doing and how we can help.
1: June has a monthly county chair call on Zoom Mm -hmm. to kind of keep us in the loop on where everything's going. She has actually recruited Mike Cobb, and he is now a first vice chair with the ninth district, and he's in charge of voter protection. So not only has she impressed, he has impressed us here in Fannin, but he's impressed June and her team so much that, like I said, they're adapting our platform into the into the entire ninth district. And then she's also has some other teams of smaller that maybe five or six chairs or some other different communication people that are working on things like uh, candidate recruitment and and um, social media platforms and stuff like that. We have. Ex- social media platforms here in Sanon, which is you know what, which is terrific.
0: Um, oh, yes, it is. And uh, we're all working on that as well and hoping to get more folks involved up here in North Georgia as the area changes, evolves and grows. There's, there's no doubt. So what you believe is that we should all work together throughout the Ninth District to ensure that democratic ideals are known to all and that everyone knows who we are and what we're doing,
1: Correct. Absolutely. If, you know, if we can work together as teams, because, you know, Fanon has been a pretty successful group over the last four years, uh, as far as a a democratic uh, party up here, there are some of the other 20 counties that are just getting their feet wet and barely can put a committee together. And we're trying to, you know, help them as well. Some of the other counties that are more well-established to get their, get their, group up and going and up to speed where we are. And and I think we can do it. You know, Our main goal is to continue to grow the party and grow grow the party in each county and grow the party in the ninth district mm-hmm. as a whole. Because again, it's an 80-20 county. We're not going to turn uh, a seat and flip it blue in the next few elections. But what mm-hmm. we can do is add votes to the tally, get the voter turnout and make a difference in state senate and state house seats and in federal uh, Senate and House seats.
0: So you do believe that we are stronger together, correct? That yes. You, yes. we shouldn't we shouldn't be working piecemeal. Um, you know, when we share the same democratic ideals with others, so that's that's terrific, and it helps to grow the party as well. How are you working with state level? uh democrats and the and the state democratic party to make these changes
1: we we hold as well monthly chair calls with all 159 counties Uh, i would say the average participation is about 50 or 60 counties get on the call they do them twice a week on monday and then they repeat it again on thursday for those who couldn't make it on monday and they share again ideas we also have what's called blue school training for and all the county chairs and vice chairs and anybody else who is in need of um, some more education as far as being able to roll out the democratic platform, this blue school, which is held once a month on a Saturday, it's just a fantastic uh, program that the Democratic uh, State Democratic Party has rolled out.
0: Uh fantastic! And and so you're in touch with party leaders throughout the state, I assume, and and getting involved with all politics are local, right? So getting involved on a local level toward a
1: mutual goal, correct? Yes, yes, it's it's interesting, you know, because the night again, there's 159 counties to, so to find out example chatham county which is uh savannah which is uh savannah uh georgia to find out what they're doing as a group of democrats when we get on these group calls is is just you pick up one or two things that you're not doing or or they pick up one or two things that we're doing that they're not doing and it helps you know again expand everybody's mind everybody's thoughts about how the direction we got to move of going forward
0: Terrific. So if someone wanted to get involved with Fanning County or Ninth District Democrats, how would they do so?
1: They can start by checking us out on and we have we're on almost all social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a fantastic website yes. that you can that not only navigates you to what we do locally, but also, we have a lot of things on that, that that's both 9th District and statewide and nationally uh, that on this website. And we also have a store page where there's some great merchandise you can buy to support us. Sure. There's an ACRU link on the website that if, if people want to help us financially, they can't necessarily pitch in time-wise. You know, it, there's, there's so many things people can do. And like I said, we've had a lot of, we we set up this website three years ago. And most of our new members found us through the website. Okay, uh, by just googling, you know, Fannin County Democrats, and boom, there it is. We never had that before.
0: Oh, that is fantastic! And tell me more about how the state and national Democratic parties work with the local groups. They're they're there for support, correct?
1: Yes, they're there for support in both, like training materials, occasionally financial support, but mostly in making sure that we are all following the same platform uh they don't necessarily come down on the hammer with us and say this is how you need to do things because they know that some parties or some counties do things differently than others but as long as the messaging uh, stays consistent right we have a liaison between the the democratic party of georgia and us her name is sarah todd and she would be a great uh podcast interview for you in the future i don't personally talk to nakima williams because she's a busy person I don't talk to Stacey Abrams, but, you know, Sarah Todd, and there's a bunch of other people in in her level of uh, the party that help us tremendously.
0: Right, and I I did want to also, of course, give a shout out to uh, Fair Fight, Stacey Abrams Group, and uh, all other groups that are working toward similar goals, you know, all the goals that we have. Uh, What do you foresee happening in 2022? I believe that Senator Reverend Warnock, is coming up for re-election. And how how do you foresee the voter turnout in getting that same excitement and turnout in Georgia for that upcoming election?
1: What I think is the 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 encouraging part about that is, is that they the Republicans went out and wrote this horrible bill, SB202. And if anything makes Democrats more mad is taking their way their right to do something or or not necessarily taking it away but tamping it down. And nothing's going to fire up a Democrat more than say, you can't do this. And they're going to say, oh, yes, I can. And I think that's that if if they didn't do that, we may. There are a lot of Democrats that might not have showed up in 2022. I've, I truly believe that. I think that I think the Republicans are digging their own grave when they do things like this.
0: Uh, And they do it all the time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is highly disturbing. Well, Doug, I want to thank you for being on our podcast today and for uh, conversing with me about the Fannin County Democrats and all you know, all Democrats, uh, state and local. And we hope that you will join us again.
1: I will definitely make myself available, and I wish the success of this North Georgia Blue podcast to take off. Uh, and I, I see it really helping everybody in the 9th District. And I can see eventually it helping everybody across the state.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Doug. And thank you for joining us today on the North Georgia Blue Podcast. Join us again as we get into more good trouble with Democrats across Georgia and the 9th District. Thank you so much.